Welcome back to Ralph Pinson's podcast, where ancient wisdom meets modern man. Today's episode was sponsored by Adam Yisrael Ben Moshe, in honor of Torah learning for its own sake. Today's episode is the ninth in our Q&A series. Today is Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan. It's uh, the first day of the new month. And our first question is, how do we tap in to Rosh Chodesh in general and also into this month of Cheshvan in particular? How do we connect to the the idea of this month? Okay, so Cheshvan is a very interesting month in the calendar because Cheshvan is technically the only month of the year that actually has no... Yom Tov, no holidays in the entire month. Even though Iyar, other months don't have real Yom Tov, but over time, they became associated with, let's say, with Lag Boimer or connected to, connected to the Svira. But Cheshvan is a very quiet month. In general, Cheshvan, this, this, this month, is connected to the idea of transition. That is the first, it's the, even though it's the second month of the fall, but since the first month of the fall is Tishrei, which is a month that's saturated with a lot of Yom Tov and holidays, and it's a very busy month, this is really the first, like the rainy season, and it's like a transitional, when things are actually changing. On a seasonal level, things are going through change. So it's a month to really think about processes of change. Um, certainly the idea of Cheshvan, related to the word Cheshvan, similar to the word Cheshvan, like in accounting, when a person is um, affected by when there's a lot of things going on in terms of the, in terms of the time in terms of the holidays, so then a person is more affected by the external stimuli, like what's going on. There's like there's a celebration. It's time to celebrate. But when it comes to the month of Cheshbon, which is there's there's no, it's an absence of that. It's actually the word Chash. Chash also comes from the word silence. So like the silence of that. So there's a silence of activity. So it's a quieter month. Like people go inward, and it's really a time to to really discover that oneself in a, in a deeper way. Particularly when it, how it, how a person relates to tra- different types of transitions that a person is going through life. So there is um, a lot of people are very uncomfortable with change, with transitions. Um, people get used to a certain way of being. Yes, and they. They get certain things change, and they have to adapt to new to the new to new realities. And there's a lot of times that people get uh, stuck in a certain paradigm, a certain way of thinking that the past is the way it should be. And really, the only thing that the only constant in life is change. So to be fully alive, you have to be open to this idea of of change. And sometimes when someone has to go through processes of change, whether they're big or small, inward or outward. So a lot of times there's resistance to that change and there's a, like a fighting to hold on to something that's old, something that's already stale and, and already no longer and, and empty of everything. But so, on, you know, people fight for that, fight to hold on to something. When, uh, when a person lives this way and they're holding on to, to the past, they're, uh, they live with a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear and scarcity. This is one way of thinking. But... Um, this is a deeper way of understanding transitions and how we relate to transitions, in particular, how it's connected to the month of Cheshvan. So Cheshvan 
there is this structure from the Sefi Yitzhira that relates every single month the different letters of the letters of the twelve simple letters of the of the Aleph Beis, and Cheshvan is connected to the letter Nun. So the letter Nun, the letter Nun, if you look at the acrostic in in, in Ashrei and that you say every day, twice a day, till David three times a day. So the the passages begin with Ashrei, which is from the previous chapter, and then it goes just Aleph, then it goes Aleph, Beis, Gimel, it's an acrostic of each of the Hebrew letters, besides the letter Nun. It skips right over to Soimach Hashem Luchalanoi from to Hashem is to protecting us or to hold us up, which skips the letter Nun. And uh, the sages, the Umar says, in the beginning of Brachas, the Umar says the reason why is because that represents the idea of Nefila, fall. Because uh, the simple reading of that is because the letter Nun in Hebrew and the word Nefila start with, Nefila, the word fall, starts with the letter Nun. But the truth is that that's not the real reason because there's a lot of positive words that start with the letter Nun. You can say Ner, you can say a candle, you can say Neshama, soul. It's a lot of words that you can use that are very positive words. Um, but it has to do more with that the, the Nun is a letter that falls away. So for example, even though the word fall, when you say uh, that a person is, someone falls, it's Neufel. To fall is Lin Pol, to fall in Hebrew. But sometimes you pronounce it without the nun. You actually the, the, the nun drops and it comes lipol to fall. So the the letter nun is a letter that represents the idea of falling. It's also, also brought down in Isis de Rekiva and the letters of Rekiva, which is a medrash that talks about that letter nun is connected to falling. The nun itself, the nun itself, is the way the Gemara says in Shabbos. Kaftal the Gemara says that um, that there is a nun. There's two nuns. Two letter nuns, and one is is uh, a nun that is kafuf. One that is a nun that is like uh, like bent over, and one is a nun that's up upright. Or in the language of, of the Zayas, if it's here, one is a nun aklason and a nun bariach, like a nun that represents something that's falling, and a nun that's like that represents something that's upright. So if you look at the letters nun. This, the smaller nun, which is not the final nun, is shaped like a sort of like a half a box or something. So it, it represents something that's moving downward. Um, whereas the final nun is an upright letter, is a, just a line, a long line. So in in the world of imagery, one rep, one is connected to the world of something that's circular, like something that's coiled, like a coil, like a nun. Also, I'm sorry, is connected to uh, to nachash. I'm sorry, that's the word that's connected to snake. And that's a nachash b'riach, a nachash It's not a nun. It's a it's a, a snake that's coiled and it's straight. That's that's straight. So one is a circular and one is a line. So besides the first instinctive reaction to transition, which is I want to hold on to the old, and I'm not ready to give up, give up, and to to move forward in my life, and I, I'm I'm very comfortable with my with the previous. There is two possibilities that the nun tells us. The one is, is um, we'll say that there, there are two, there are two types of states. Transition is basically a state that's an in-between state. So there is there's a yesh of existence, which is a previous state, whatever that state was, 
I was in a relationship. I had this is my job. This is where I was living. Whatever that relationship, or my, this is, I had a child. I have a child that's you know a three year old, and then a child becomes a ten year old. Whatever that state was, that's that's the, that's the yesh of existence, like the, the definition or the the form of existence, the tzur of existence, and then there's the ayin of existence, which is the emptiness of the existence that gives rise to the tzur, gives rise to the form. And ayin itself, there's two, there's two, there's two ayins. There's two levels of this ayin. There's the ayin. There's the emptiness in the state of transition where it's where it's the absence of all form or it's pregnated with the possibility of all form. So either the ayin is the absence of all yeshus, of all existence, or it's actually the place from which all existence emerges from. So when we think about transitions, we have to think about it in these two ways. That one level of, the, of, the tra- of relating to the transitions in our lives, which is an important process, this is as we're transitioning into into the winter, into the coming year, and the seasons are transitioning. That's what the month of Cheshman is really about. The quality of transitioning is, one is to just embrace the process of the transition itself, to not not to resist it, not to fight it. And um, so you're not, it's not about being in, in in the, in the future, but just being within the present of how it's how it's unfolding, this present moment. So to say, for example, let's say you're going through something, and something was before that was a certain, maybe it was even a comfortable, good situation. Something was good before, and now you're going through something, and it's like difficult, and you don't understand where it's moving towards. So the first thing is stop fighting it. Stop trying to fight it, because that's that's the way things evolve from one yesh, to another yesh, or one existence to another existence. To get to even to a higher form of existence, you have to go through this process of ayin. You have to go through this process of, there has to be a deconstruction in order to be higher construction. So if you want your life just to follow a certain trajectory where just one thing is moving on to the next, then you never have to go through any types of transitions. But if you want your life to unfold in a much more deeper and higher place, then sometimes you have to go through this transition. You have to shed the previous, like if you want to use the image of a snake, you have to shed its skin in order to become to, to form a higher form of skin. You have to you have to let go of the past in order to become something different, in order to transition to something different. So there's the idea of 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 um, just becoming present with the awareness of and and just being comfortable with this this like this in this transitional state in this iron state. So this is a more like a circular understanding of things. So I'm just, I'm not fighting it. I'm not resisting it. I understand that Hashem has a plan for me. And everything is working towards an Yichud. Everything is working towards, towards a higher place of unity. The world on a cosmic level and the individuals on a personal level. Things are always moving towards a higher place. But like if you use the, the image of uh, of. of of Avram Avinu, the story with, with Avram, Abraham, the story is that he's told you should go to the land that I will show you, which means that you're going to move upwards until you get to until you get to the top of the mountain, literally until you get to the, the 50th level, which is the idea of Nun, to get to the top of the mountain. Lech is, is, is 50 in, the, in America value. So one hand is that, that point to get to, that, to the top, and yet, the first thing that happens to Avram after he's told this, this this great vision of what will unfold with his family and he will become a great nation and he'll be very wealthy, etc. 
the first thing that happens to him is that there's famine and he has to leave Israel. And he has to go down into go down into Egypt. So that's it's paradoxical. It seems like the opposite of that. It seems like you're moving up, and then all of a sudden you have to descend. But the idea of lechlecha is the awareness of lechlecha is if I pull back and I say all these descents is for the purpose of the ascent. I just know that I have to go there. There's some type of beer, some type of elevation that I have to go through this process. There's some type of deconstruction that has to happen in order for something different to emerge. So I'm just I'm present in this in this transitional state without actually trying to force anything, just allowing it to unfold. This isn't like a very circular type of consciousness. The issue with that is, which is similar to the issue that happens with the snake itself, is that the story of the snake is that the snake is cursed, that uh, that wherever it goes, it will have its food, which means that its its food is dust of the earth. So wherever it goes, it has dust in the earth. So that seems to be a blessing because most people like the Torah says, it comes with a lot, a lot of toil in order to support yourself. And here you say the curse of the snake is that he can eat wherever, whatever he wants. And the deeper answer to that is that because the snake stops dreaming. Because if everything is available to you and, and everything is accessible to you at all times, you're a, person that you're, you're a person that lives without aspirations, without dreams, without hopes. So this is in the circular, in the circular level of living in this, in this space, things can become very dull and very flat. Which is also okay, because you have to get to that next place, and it's fine. But there's a higher level, even in this in this state of this transition, is um, without tying yourself to the past, but opening yourself up to the possibilities of what the future is 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 presenting to yourself. So in the in the place of this transition, besides just the acceptance that understanding that it's just to get to a certain place, to have your your you know your eyes open, as it were, to to see like what are the opportunities that are being presented, and maybe there's small opportunities, but there's there's new things that are emerging. So to to look at those things and say, I'm going through this transitional state, and uh, it could be let's say, even with let's say you know a transitional state could be in a relationship with your with your spouse, it can be in a relationship with your child, your child is growing up. So that you can say, like, I really would like to have that relationship that I had with my child when they were five years old. Okay, but they're not five, now they're 20. And so there's new relationships that are available. So stop holding on to the old and being op- and opening yourself up to, opening up yourself op- up to the new. This is important because if you ever want something new to emerge in your life, something deeper and holier and higher, we have to, we have to be able to let go of what, was, what, is, what is already old. What is already no longer working, because you can't a cup that's full can't receive. If you're holding on to your cup and everything is full, there's no possibility. So this is the this is the higher level of of the eye. This is like this is would be in the image of that that idea of like the snake, the the, the coiled snake, or the circular snake turns turns upwards and looking upwards and looking forward. Like the image of, of 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 a human being, that's like the original the way the snake, because that's the way the snake would look. Is that the idea is that the reason why a person's uh, head, as it were, this is already in the Rishonim, that the reason why a person's head is 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 up up upright versus an, an animal which is looking downward is because the ability to look higher, to look to the, to look to the sky, to imagine, to dream. So just the fact that we have a head that's not looking downwards, that means that our back. And our head are not on the same same line. The back represents our past, 
right? So the backside and the front side of an animal is on the same on the same level on this on the same thing, which means that what they were, what they what they will be. That a shar ben shar nikashar, that an ox, even when they're a small ox, they're still an ox. They're, the animal is who they were, that's who they are, forever. It just, it's just an expansion of the body itself, but there's no other, there's no, but, but a human being, a person that has their head on top of their, on top of their acharaim, which means the head is on top of their backside, which means the head looks upwards, so we're not tied to our past. We're tied to our possibility, which, which can become which can become in the future. So even if we're going through something that's transitional, this is important to understand like what's it moving towards and be able to see it. You know, we talk this week's in this in this parsha it's also in the Torah portion that we're reading about the Mabel. So the Mabel on one hand could be seen as a as a destruction, or it could be seen as a an opening of an Oilam Khadash, of a new world. That something new is being created a new world is being created. And uh you know the story of of, of Noach is that on, on a deep level he wanted to make a tikkun for, for the Chet Eitzadas, therefore he planted a vineyard which is connected to the eating of the tree of knowledge. But ultimately he got drunk, which, which the idea of getting drunk is when a new, in, in, in its metaphor, in its muscle, what it just represents is like when, it, when a new reality is presented, something emerges, something that's new, this is Olam Chadash, the new world that's presented, you just get lost in it. That's that you become intoxicated by by the new vision, and you just you just lose yourself, without actually holding on to to who you truly are, and 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 that that's the absence of that's the, that's the loss of the dream because the dream is not to to like completely shed myself and be, it's to to bring myself into the new into the new reality, and to getting getting drunk is just to you become intoxicated by the new world order or the new world that emerges that you get completely get uh, you get lost in the lamaz in, in the physical world, so there's something about Seeing it in a, in a very, in a, in a correct way, and, and, and choosing this wisely. That's why Cheshvan is also connected. That um, Cheshvan is also connected to the same letters of Cheshvan spells the word Chayshan, which is the, the place of the Urvatum, the place of the seeing, the higher type of, of, of vision. On the Urvatum, there's also the 50 letters, which is, corresponds to the Nun, which means to see differently, to, to be able to, to, have, uh, to have that, to have the correct. The correct vision. This is what this is what chen uh, is or chen is chesnun the idea of chesnun, which is the eighth month. Ches is eighth, and nun is is the idea of we're speaking about, which is the letter of the month. The idea of chen is is It's a chen to see to have the right correct vision. Chen is a person that is able to see correctly. Someone that has grace, someone that that has sensitivity, is able to see in a, in a correct way, in a holy way. So. Again, this is this is what we're saying. This is what the month of Cheshvan is. Is there's nothing there's nothing exciting about the month of Cheshvan. It's almost the opposite of exciting. You know, soon it's going to be Hanukkah. Will be exciting, and then it'll be will be other time that's very exciting. And Cheshvan is actually sort of like a boring month. It's a hush month. It's a quiet month, but it's a transitional month because it's the beginning of the birth of this new of new potential. That's why it says in, it says in many Sfarim that. Uh, that uh, the base of English of it, the future base of English will be will be dedicated in the month of Cheshvan, precisely because of this idea, precisely of this idea, because this is the month where there's there's it's iron. It seems like it's iron. It seems like it's empty. It's 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 there's nothing nothing occurring superficially. But if you can think about this in your own life, and that's the most important thing. 
whenever you're going through transitions, whether it's cheshvan or it's not cheshvan. Cheshvan is just the, the especially it's Rosh today. It's the headquarters of this idea. This gives the koyach, this gives the, the strength throughout the entire year. That whenever a person is going through any type of transitions, instead of resisting it or fighting it, and saying, no, I just want to hold it to the old way was old and old was better, and I just want to want to recreate something that was old. Okay, but there's a new reality that's, re- that's rising, and Hashem created a new reality for you. Then you have to say, okay, so what? What's the what's a healthy way to deal with it? First of all, is just to acknowledge it and to embrace it and to recognize that it's a process to get somewhere, and also in that process to understand that it's being you're, it's being something is being birthed, something's being recreated now, some new reality is being created, and when you start seeing the small sparks of the ideas that is that is emerging, to you know to fan those sparks to make them into a full flame, so you can see like exactly what is and to have the correct vision. And not to get lost, not to get lost, but to really do this in a correct and holy way. So this is this is some of the ideas of of these transitional periods, and certainly with the with the idea of Hajim. Yeah. Can I ask? A yeah, yeah, sure. sure. So um, coinciding with this new month is yeah. also the lengthening of nighttime. Correct. Uh, there's a concept of herd. I just wanted to maybe hear more about yeah. it. In terms of what we, you've already spoken about, um, the golden nacht, like these these yeah. golden nights, the helige nacht. Yeah, helige nacht. So how does that play into this transition and kind of because the quietness? Because that that's the, the nights. That's what you're saying about the nights and the transitions. Because day represents the world of what is revealed. Night represents the world of the potential. Because in night you don't see what's revealed, but that's where your real that's why it says that uh, that if a person's learning Torah by Laila, so a person learns Torah by night, is a chutzal chesed, is nusha chalav, a a thread of chesed, of divine chesed, is is bestowed upon this person because the the person that learns Torah by night, which means a person that contemplates their life and, and studies by night, is a, is a person that's not getting stuck by the night and saying, oh, the night is, okay, so therefore the night is the absence of all opportunity. The night represents, there's no, there's no opportunity, I can't do anything by night. Certainly in, you know, in the more, you know, ancient people when the, when the night was literally, you know, the world was shut down. So you'll say, okay, what can I do by night? I, okay, I go to sleep. But then there's a the person that says, no, but the night, if I can really create something in the night, then when the day comes, everything becomes revealed. But the real place of real creativity, of the real place of that stillness, of the, of the quietness, of the quietness of the, that space, of the real transitions where, where, where iron is percolating with all the possibilities, is particularly by night. By day already, it's to reveal what is the esh. Whatever is being revealed, that's what it is. So that's why it's, it's a very holy time, like to really, you know, to do this alone, just to, this, to be, to do this alone without a lot of noise, without a chash, without, without, very, very silently, when it's quiet. This is the re- this is the real avoid. This is the real work. You know, it's easy it's easy to do a lot of spiritual work. Easier, at least people think this way, is when there's a lot of people involved and it's like it's a collective and we're all going to do this together and everyone's everyone's excited and they're singing songs and and they're davening. You know, it it seems to be an easier, but the, but the real work and you know, the real place of the of transformation, really, to get that chen, to get really that that, that grace, that uh, that higher vision. Is, is by night, is alone by night when there's when it's dark and when it's quiet.
when you're going through the transitions. I'm also thinking yeah. that um, the Gemara in Brachos says the Talmud attracted um, about blessings yeah. um, discusses about how someone who learns at nighttime kind of gives preservation to their home. Meaning right. their home is not going to be a destroyed home. Right. So could this also be also not just generatively the power of night, but also preservation-wise, holding on to what you've gleaned from the holidays? I'm not following. So you're saying that the, what that idea is that it's that the the rav is speaking about how developing this dream and bringing yeah. it to fruition. Yeah. But it's also the gleaning all that you received from the month that's passed. Exactly. Meaning that it's holding on to that it won't be destroyed. No, that's that's for sure. That's that's another part of the another part of the whole month of Cheshvan is really is the unpacking of everything that you received in Tishrei. That the whole idea is, you know, the unpacking does is done quietly. You know, when you pack, let's say you pack for a trip. So it's very exciting. You're going on a trip, and everyone's excited to pack, and uh, even the kids are involved in the packing. Everyone's excited. You're taking a trip. When you come home after a long flight with a bunch of suitcases, everyone's going out to their life. And then the father or the mother, someone has to do, unpack. And the packing usually is in the middle of the night when everyone's asleep, everyone's doing their own thing, and you have to unpack. So the unpacking, but that's really the big avoided. The avoided, the real big work, is how do you unpack? How do you pack? That's the exciting part. <laughs> everyone loves to pack. Everyone loves to come to Shulam Rashana. But how do you unpack? And the unpacking is the quiet of it, really the real work that's done quietly between you and Hashem. There's no one else around, there's no one, everyone's, everyone's sleeping. The world is sleeping, but that's when the real chutzel chesed, that's really, and that, yeah, that's, that, that's the preservation of the home. That's the preservation of, uh, of life. All right, on to our next question. There is a custom in Chabad that as soon as Simchas Torah ends, we start saying, Yaakov halich ledarkoi. What does this mean, and what is the reason for this minhag, and what does it say about this time we're in? Yeah, so this this phrase Yaakov Halachadarka literally means, and Yaakov went on his way. So it's a it's a minhag of Chabad Rabbis to, to use this phrase, saying after Tishrei, now comes the process of a person going on their way. Which the, the idea is that the the simple idea is that that, that the darkoi halachadarkoi going according to your way, means your particular way. It means everyone heard the shoifer, everyone, celebra- everyone celebrated Yom Kippur together, everyone experienced the sukkahs and the together. In a collective, there's a very collective sense of in the Yom Tovim, that everyone comes together and they're celebrating. And then there's a certain understanding of that during the month of Tishrei, which is the seventh month of the year, so the seventh is Sheva, but it's also from the, Latin, from the word Savua, so it means that it's satiated, becomes filled. So the idea is that you fill yourself up with everything that you need for the coming year, for the winter months. That is, you know, you fill yourself with what the idea of Rosh Hashanah is, and what Yom Kippur is, and what Sukkot is, and what Sabbath is. You fill yourself up. And now comes the process of going on your path. And how do you translate those experiences that you had in your life? And, um, and make them... Really integrate them into your own personal, into your own personal life, your own personal, personal life. Because in the month of Cheshvan in general, so there's the image of you know people 
going to Rosh Hashanah, like there's Aliyah Zaragel, you're going, you're going towards the base of Mikdash, but in the month of Cheshun, that's when we start saying, you know, we start asking for, for rain because it's because the Achron Shiv Yerushalayim, the last people that went up to Yerushalayim, now returned home in Zayin Cheshun. Which means that now is a process, everyone already is back home. When you're back home, the question is, now you're returning everything back into your own space. How do you assimilate this, the qualities and the, 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 the sustenance, the spiritual sustenance that you received during the month of Tishrei? How do you draw down into your own life without all these distractions? Because there could be spiritual distractions as well. Because sometimes you can't really, um, and I'm not sure you're even supposed to, let's say on Sabah where there's a collective sense of joy and everyone's dancing together, you're not supposed to be in your own head. I mean, you're supposed to be t- with part of the collective. You didn't have any time, I was to really to say, how do I draw this joy into my own life? Like, how do I make this make this personal? So the idea of, of um, certainly in the times of this, um, in times of Sukkot, which is the idea of Aliyah Saregel, Aliyah Saregel literally means that it was a time that people were Euler Regel, means, means they, they went by foot up to the Mesa Mignosh. Basically, was higher. Yishalayim was higher, so they went up. But Elias Aregel also means the elevation of regulus, the elevation of habit, or, or like your normative behavior. Because in Russia, during the whole time, this time period, um, there's really, it's, it's, there, there is, it's not your normative day-to-day the way you normally exist in life. Even the Chazals, the sages, talk about that. It's a original Chazm Zavonis, that the person even ha- doesn't even have time to sin, which means... Is saying is like you don't even have any time to do anything, like because you're always involved in the next mitzvah and, and you know building a sukkah or buying a lulav or or celebrating sukkahs. So you're just you're all, you're you're together in this this collective of like of this elevation. But then the then the real process of uh, of transformation happens when you can draw these things down into your own life because otherwise it's just an experience. You know if you if you let's say a person goes to a, to a concert, let's say, or to some type of collective event, you know, and uh, let's say, I don't know, maybe a better analogy would be maybe a sports game, for example, let's use this analogy. So I'm not, you know, whatever, some people go to these things, let's say, for better or for worse. And you're sitting, you're, let's say you're, let's say you're, an, I'll give you an analogy, you're an American, right, and you don't follow uh, European soccer, which is called football. Yeah, most most Americans don't know what that is. I mean, they know what it is, but they don't, don't follow the sport. So let's say you find yourself in England, and you find yourself, I don't know, for some reason, who knows what the reason is, you find yourself at a sports game, okay, at a, at a, at a football game. You don't even understand the rules, you don't understand who's playing, you're not interested. But I guarantee you, just by being there, and everyone starts screaming, and everyone's like clapping, you're going to start clapping. You're not going to really know why, but you just become part of this collective and you just become, okay, I'm excited. You're not really excited. Everyone's excited, so you're excited. It's, it's contagious. There's like a, a contagious uh, joy in the room, or euphoria, whatever you want to call that. So there's, Lahavdal, Elfavdal is, but I mean, there could sometimes be that Yamtiv, certainly Sukkis and, and the more celebratory Yamtivim, you get swept up with everyone's, what's everyone, what, what, how everyone is celebrating, and sort of, you know, you're dancing on Simchas Torah. And you never ask yourself, like, why am I dancing? Like, what am I doing? Like, why am I, why am I dancing? What's, what's, why am I so happy? What do you mean? Everyone's happy. So why should I be happy? I mean, it's just, it's just, you become happy. You go to show. It's a you're happy. 
Understand? It could be. could be such a madre. It could be such a thing. So then, post Yalmutayvim, is when you say, okay, now I'm going to bring everything down. I'm going to try to understand what does it actually mean that I celebrated with Simchas Tayyar? What does it mean that I felt protected in the, in the Sukkah? Let me try to bring it down into my own personal life. Not something as a collective, but something in my personal life. And then, sometimes it's very difficult because, because you're not feeling it. That's the whole idea of Cheshnut. You're not feeling it. It's, it's a quiet month. And you're not feeling the same way. So there's, there's something of this, there's some idea of, of lahazik doylan alktanim, which is that you have to you have to take mental pictures of your great states, of your bigger states, that it should illuminate your lower states. Which means it's not so much about memory. Let's say a person's going through something difficult. And they're saying, okay, it's a middle of Cheshvin, it's like dark, it's getting more, it's rainier, it's colder, I feel maybe a little depressed and down. Yeah, but a, month, a week ago it was like the middle of Tisha and I was so happy and I was so excited and I was like on a high. So let's go in reverse. When you were experiencing the high, take a mental picture of yourself, how you are. Because then when you're going to feel in the lower states, you can remember that snapshot that you took from the bigger state. But it's important to understand that we're not saying that it's just a memory. Saying, if I don't experience it now, it's like, okay, but I remember how I was feeling. It's more than that. It just showed you the possibility of who you can really be, what you can really experience. So if, if I can be that joyful, let's say it was real joy, or that expansive, or that holy, and I was, I was davening with such tevekas, I was praying with such intention, and I was learning, and I was really connected. If I can do ni'ila, let's say, Right, the highest level of the Yom Kippur prayer, and I can do it with a real sense of connection and kavana and attention, and attention, and I really did it correctly. Take a picture of yourself doing it, because when you can do it, don't say that I that yeah I once did it, so like illuminate my state. If you can do it, then you can redo it again. If if it's possible, it just shows you that it was possible. So this is the idea of lahazik doyalaktana means to to recognize that if something if you did something, and even in the best possible time, but you did it, that shows you that you're much greater than you think you are. So if a person is going through a hard time with Cheshvan, let's say they're feeling a little down, and they're feeling some transitions, and they're feeling they're not feeling the same upbeat that they felt during the month of Tisha, or during the month of Nisan, for whatever, for whatever matters. But if, if you could remember those states that you did feel, that means that you're possible to achieve those. And it means that you're possible to achieve them now. Because if you could have done it then, you can do this now. And that's the idea of, of the month of, of really Yaakov Yaakov going on his way is to draw it down into your own personal life, to remember the experience that you experienced then, because to understand that you were Seveya, you, you were saturated with these things, you, you filled yourself up, and you can always go back to that place, of that place of saturation, where you did feel complete, you did feel whole, you did feel connected, and you can draw it down into the state that you're in now. Because if you did then, you could do it now. So again, it's not a, it's not about the memory of the past, because we don't live in the past. The past, mashallah, what happened happened. What we're saying is that if it was done in the past, I could do right now in the present. So I could do it. So it's important. That's that's the idea of really making it, drawing it down, making it real, and and uh, truly trying to experience what it means to you know daven on a on a Tuesday in the middle of Cheshvan, like I daven ila on on Yom Kippur, because I could do it. I just need to put myself to it.
Thank you for listening to Ralph Pinson's podcast. To submit questions or to sponsor a future episode, please email ralphpinsonpodcast at gmail.com. The link is in the description below. Thank you.